great day to be in God's house this morning. Wasn't the worship awesome this morning? Come on, let's thank our worship team for doing a great job. God bless you. Amen. We're blessed here at City Church. Amen. Amen. Hey, oh, in your uh, in your hand this morning, you should have a little half sheet that looks just like this. I'm going to read through this real quickly this morning, and uh, our theme our theme for 2015 is reach. We we finished last year. We did our reach campaign and. And uh, we just, we feel that God is stirring our hearts to reach more and more people so that God's grace can reach more and more people. We believe that that's the theme for this year, for 2015, 2 Corinthians 4.15. But if you have this, it says, in the past year, we've seen substantial growth in our church, and we believe that God has much more in store. We're prayerfully considering starting a fourth service so that God's grace can reach more and more people. And then what I'm going to ask you to do today, and sometime in the service this morning, uh, the little brochure asks, uh, which language would you prefer, English or Spanish? Uh, how many of you this morning, your first, you speak English and Spanish, but your first language is Spanish? Anybody in this room? Come on, raise your hand. First language is Spanish, okay? All right. So uh, I want you to check. If you would prefer this morning to worship and have worship experience in English or Spanish, uh, would, you, would you consider attending uh, Saturday evening service at 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock? Sunday at 1 o'clock or 6 o'clock. So just check one box in each category. And which service would you consider serving in? Saturday at 6 p.m., Saturday at 7 p.m., Sunday 1 p.m., or Sunday at 6 p.m. We are, we are prayerfully considering what our next step is until the Lord opens another door for a facility for us. Uh, but we are, uh, we are prayerfully considering a fourth service. So if you could do that sometime this morning, you could fill that out. At the end of the message, when uh, Pastor Keith comes and receives uh, the offering, you can put that in the offering bucket at that time. But let's give Miranda a great big hand as she comes and welcomes us this morning. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning, everybody. My name is Miranda. For those of you who do not know me just yet, and I am here to welcome and honor all of our first-time guests. If you're new to City Church, you are our VIP this morning. Can we give all of our first-time guests a warm City Church welcome this morning? If you welcome everybody, if you are here for the first time and you have not received one of these orange welcome brochures, we have some ushers in the front. You can raise your hand in the air and get one of these. We have some in the middle right here. Perfect. Some in the back. We want to say welcome. We're so glad that you would choose to be with us today. And immediately following service, we have a seven-minute party just for you where you can turn in that little orange connection card and get a free gift for being with us for the first time. We want to say welcome. We're so glad that you'd be with us today. Thank you for being here. And go ahead and check out this video. Good morning. Welcome to City Church. Buenos dias. Bienvenidos a City Church. It's an honor to have you with us. I'm Kelly. I'm one of the many volunteers here at City Church. And we're so glad that you're with us today. If you're a second or third time guest, or if you're a regular attendee, please pull out the connection card in the seat pocket in front of you. We'd love to connect with you and fill it out and drop it in the offering bucket as it passes. Here at City Church, there's a small group that fits your schedule and passions. To join a small group, visit online at orlandocitychurch.com. Our growth track is designed to help you move forward in your relationship with Christ. You can join our fourth class, 4.0, Reaching Others, on Sunday at 10 a.m. In this class, you will learn how to make reaching out to others as part of your daily life by sharing the gospel and telling your story. You can learn about local outreaches and about how to go on a foreign mission trip. To join the growth track, sign up on your connection card today. If you have any questions, find anyone wearing a City Church name tag and they'll be more than happy to help. We hope to see you again this Wednesday at 7 p.m. Have a great day. Gracias por estar con nosotros. I have a dream. 
And my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. When we allow freedom to ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. have been given the mission to go and get all of the leaves in the lawn. Can we put that that picture up on the screen? And so you're a sensible person. In fact, you're a very intelligent person. That's probably why you chose City Church this morning. Uh, And so you think to yourself, what is the best way I could possibly get the task, the mission that's in front of me to get all of the leaves gone What's the best way for me to do it? And so you come up with two sensible options. Number one is that you can get a rake and you can rake up the leaves in your own strength, and your own power. You might try to get them into this kind of different little circles and then bag them up. And that's an option. That's one option. Here, let me just give this to you, Derek. Bless you. Don't tell me I ever gave you. Or you can get your second option. <laughs> I'm doing it. That. Anybody just want to get blasted right now? Anybody good? No? And you got... You good? Yeah, let's do it. Ready? Here we go. Let's get... Which one uh, would you prefer to get the job done? The rake or the blower? Which one is more efficient? The rake or the blower? Which one uh, will will, will, uh, provide more entertainment for you and be more fulfilling? The blower, right? And I want to talk to you today, and I want you to know today, by the end of this message, that God wants to take the spiritual rake out of your hand and replace it with His power to accomplish and do His mission. And I don't want to be a church that simply does things in our own strength, trying to accomplish the mission that is way beyond our own strength. But I pray that we are the type of church 
that literally, I love this because this is actually one of, this is actually pastor's personal blower. It's not a gasoline blower. It's actually an electric blower. And I love the analogy of that, that we would tap into a source that's bigger than ourselves to accomplish the mission that is bigger than ourselves. And that's what I want to look at today in our third installment in the book of Acts. We're going to look at today how the church was birthed. We're going to look at today how she received her power. And we're going to realize today that that same power is for you. And it's for me. And it's for your kids. And it's for your kids that you don't have yet. And it's for your neighbor that you can't stand that blows the leaves right back on your side of the, of the, of the lawn or whatever. It is for everyone today. Are you with me? Anybody ready to get to the word today? So would you turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 2 verse 1? And I need somebody to help me. And uh, last time I had a TC guy, and I loved it. Can I get a TC guy to help me? Not you, because you did it last time, and you were too much. Come on, come on, man. You, I got you. What's your name? Joshua. Yeah, you'll have to keep the Bible there. Can you all give it up for Joshua? There you go. Just stand right behind it. And uh, maybe you were here last time. Now, I want to fill you in very quickly, especially if you're new to church or if you're new to God or Jesus, or all that stuff. I want to, let's start at the beginning before we get into Acts chapter 2 so we can fully understand what is happening here, okay? So God created mankind. God created mankind, and mankind sinned and separated himself from God. And sin is when we do life our own way, when we are our own God, right? And so now there is a, a gap between us in God. And if you know in your Bible, the Old Testament, you like it? Was it good? Did you get it? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, the Old Testament is man's attempt to get right with God. And even though God gave him a law, man was unable to actually fulfill all of the laws. It was impossible. And so God sent his son, Jesus Christ, over 2,000 years ago to save us from our sin and bridge the gap between God and man. And now today, anyone and everyone can have salvation. This is the good news. This is what we call the gospel, is that Jesus came to save all. You do not have to just be Jew. You do not, as MLK just talked about, you do not just have to be white or black or brown. Every single person can experience salvation by faith in Jesus. This is our message. This is what we proclaim. This is called the gospel. In fact, this is such, Jesus is such a central theme. Thank you. You're doing great. Jesus is such a central theme to us that in our Bible there are four books designated just to following his life while he was on this earth. Does anybody know what they're called? The gospels, right? There are four of them. What are they? Matthew. I'm, I'm falling. You guys are fast. Mark. Luke. And John, and we are here in the book of Acts, okay? Acts is a continuation of the book of Luke. In fact, actually, originally, Luke and Acts were one volume together. So as we are picking up here in Acts, it's, it's, it's coming right over from the book of Luke. Luke records what Jesus said and did, and Acts records what, our, what the people did in response to what he said and did. That's why the book of Acts is so important for us to discover and learn because we are learning how to respond to God, how to uh, do this Christian life that God's called us to live. Can you give my brother a huge hand? He did an incredible job. Thank you very much. You can leave. Yeah, whatever. Sure, put it right down. It's perfect. 
So this is crazy. And what we've learned so far in the book of Acts is Luke is making it very clear that this thing is all about Jesus. Like this movement, church, whatever programs you might be involved in, it is all about Jesus. We see that in Luke chapter 1. In fact, he makes it very painstakingly clear up front. He goes through extra links in in the way he writes in Luke chapter 1 to let us know that Jesus came, he was fully God, fully man, he died and he was resurrected and he came back to life, he overcame death. In fact, Luke even says that, that there were many convincing proofs that Jesus is alive. We today are many convincing proofs that Jesus is alive because of what he's done in us. And if our movement is never about Jesus at the center or at the core, or if your family is not about Jesus at the center or at the core, we are missing it. Luke is making that very clear up front. In fact, it goes on to, we, we understand that Jesus was with us for about, for about 40 days or so. And during that time, he gives the disciples, he gives them a commission. And the commission is to go change the world. That's a pretty big one, right? We see this in Matthew 28, the clearest. It's also in Acts 1. We also see it in Luke. But I want to read it from Matthew 28 very quickly. Here's the commission. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. When he says all nations, he's really talking about ethnic groups of all colors of skin, everywhere, everybody, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This was the start of the commission. I know I'm going fast, so stay with me because we've got to get somewhere today. This is the start of the commission but the commission is not done yet and the, because the commission is still needing to be fulfilled and we're going to talk about that today. All right. So, so God gives them a commission. Then he gives them a command in Acts chapter 1. Can we put that up on the screen? Acts chapter 1 verse 5 says, On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. So he gives them a commission to go change the world, but it's almost as if Jesus is saying, hey, listen, let's change the world, but first, let me change you. So then he gives them a command and he says, but wait, wait and let me change you. And then he gives them a promise, and we see that in Acts chapter 1, if we can put that up on the screen. And he says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place and sudden, oh, that's, that's something else. I'm sorry. It's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now think about what they are feeling right now. They just experienced this unbelievable resurrection of their Savior, Jesus Christ. They are in awe. He has ascended up into the heavens right in front of them. They go back, they build up their core team. We talked about that last week. Mattathias is now in. Justice didn't make the cut. And now they're there. I mean, just think about this. So now they're in this upper room, and they're feeling a mixed bag of emotions. I mean, they're in awe of what God just did. They're overwhelmed by this great commission to go change the world. But get this. There were 500. Now there's only 120. Their movement at the moment is shrinking. This, there's not millions of Christians yet. We have to feel this to get, to get this moment here in the book of Acts chapter 2. There's no Bible television. There's no Bible app. There's no New Testament even yet. It's happening right in front of them. 
And then this movement that their Savior ascended into this marvelous moment and saying, man, you're going to change the world and, and it's going to be incredible. And, and now they're shrinking. Not only are they shrinking, they're mourning the death and the suicide of one of their best friends, Judas. I mean, they've got to be thinking, can I trust you? Judas was one of our guys. I mean, we, we just read about that in Acts chapter 1. I mean, it was pretty clear. I mean, I mean uh, Peter gets up and he says, hey, Judas was one, he literally said, one of our number. This is one of our peeps. And listen, this, in the, in a, it seems like, this is, why, this is what I want to get you to. It seems like in the moment of most insignificance, God was about to bust through and do the most significant move of God ever recorded in history. Our church today is never the same because of what we're about to read here in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. In the moment of when it seems like nothing is going on, and maybe even today in your life, maybe it seems like there is nothing going on. Could it be that maybe God is doing in you what He's doing in the book of Acts? And in your moment of insignificance, God is about to bust through with His agenda that is going to absolutely change your, your world and your life. And if you believe that that, if you want that to come today, would you put your hands together if that's you to say, I want that today. I want that today in my heart. Amen. Well, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Are you there? Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Let's look at it. The Bible says, when the day of Pentecost came, the word Pentecost means 50th day. I will explain that a little bit more in just a second. I'm going to wait on it, though, because it's so unbelievable. You've got to get it, all right? When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. That word together in the Greek is homothumadon. It, 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 it means it's not just like we are together, like, like in this service together. It was as if they were like orchestra pieces that were aligned to the, map, to the guy that's, what's he, who is he? Conduct. You guys are smart people, I told you. It, it is, it's as if every single person was together, aligned to the conductor. That's, that's that Greek word. That's, that's kind of where it's at. And you know what I'm talking about. There are some services where we might be together, but we ain't really together. And I don't mean that we're against each other, but there's not this rhythm. And you know what typically happens? Did you, do you notice that by the end of this message, in most services, by the end of it, all of a sudden you're like, man, why didn't I feel this way at the beginning? Man, there's this, you know what it was? It was this togetherness that the preaching of the word will align the body together. That's why it's so important for you to be at church. It's not just about you just showing up and getting kind of through your day or checking it off. It's because the preaching from our pastor, from the authority that God's put over us, is lining up the church for mission. And it's so important for us to be together as we do that. Let's keep going. So they are together in one place, kind of like we are today. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. Now, that's amazing. We'll talk about that in a second. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Now, I've got to take a second. So Luke is here, and he's looking at this concept. Why tongues of fire? Why did it seem like there was fire that rested above them? Well, I, I, I don't know exactly because I wasn't there, but I can tell you what fire represents, and it's some pretty cool things. The way that I read the book of Acts, and the way I've read it so far as we're now in chapter 2, is Jesus is talking movement talk. Do you notice he says, hey, go change the world. That's a pretty big deal. That's a movement kind of making type of statement. But do you notice he didn't just say, go change the world. He goes, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to take Jerusalem, 
And then we're going to Judea. And then, man, this thing's making its way to Samaria. And then we're going to the ends of the earth. That's movement talk. I mean, if if we were going to start a movement, that's that's how we would say it. Man, we're going to reach Sanford. And we're going to reach Seminole County. And the whole state of Florida. And the nation, right? That's movement talk. Now think about this for a second. What is a fire? It's the movement of a spark. Is it not? Who is the spark in this metaphor? Jesus. What is Luke saying here in chapter 1? It's all about Jesus. How does a spark become a fire? It's when oxygen breathes upon... Oh, come on, I can preach to you now. It's when oxygen breathes upon the spark and now it becomes a flame. Did we not just sing the song, and actually it's the words that we find Paul saying to 1 Timothy, when we just said, God, fan into flame. All-consuming fire. It's as if Jesus is saying, I've already done the spark. I've already done the salvation part. All you have to do is allow me to breathe upon you and fan the spark of salvation in your heart, in your life, to change the world as we see it. And then, that's amazing. Not only that, let me just give you one more thing about the fire and then we'll keep going. Uh, fire, and even as you look at this Greek word, it, 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 it connotates this idea of refining. It's not just any fire, it's a purifying fire. And if we genuinely want to see a move of God, it's not just sending more people and getting them in the doors and having a crowd, even though that's fine. It is when God refines your heart. It's when God refines your spirit. It's when he begins to convict you of your sin. And you feel that moment. That is when the move of God really takes place. And if we get really down to it, God says, I want to change the world, but I first want to change you. I promise you it is going to be him refining you in his Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost fire, as we will see today in Acts chapter 2. And we should long for it as believers of Jesus. And so it's separated on each of them. All of them were filled. Now, they already received the Spirit, we read in John chapter 20, verse 21 and 22. But here they are filled with the Spirit. But notice, it's so people would say, well, if they already received the Spirit, then why, are they, why do they need to be filled with the Spirit? And what does that look like? Well, we read in John chapter 20. In fact, I actually have it here to read to you very quickly. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And so at that moment in John, they receive the Holy Spirit, but then he goes on to commission them, and then he goes on to tell them to wait. And so what are they waiting for? They're waiting for the filling of the Holy Spirit. But we also could say they're waiting for the fanning of the flame of what the Spirit is already doing in them. And if you're here today and you are a believer of Jesus, if you are here today and you are a follower of Christ, you already have received the Holy Spirit. What we are asking for today and what we should be continually asking for as a church congregation and as a movement of people is that God would continually fill us and refill us and keep filling us because you know we can get dry in our spirits. And so that is what we're after. When we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the immersion of the Holy Spirit, it's not about a one-time thing. It's not about a, you know, you come up to the altar, you have this moment with God or whatever. That's great. What it is about is God continually filling and leading you and guiding you. And even as a church, as we have been fasting in this Daniel fast, when you fast, 
You are setting yourself up spiritually to receive the fullness and the filling of God. I don't know about you, but me personally in the fast that I'm in right now, is that, what are we, about two weeks into it, I think? Um, I have felt freshness in my spirit. I've already received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I, there's, but I can get dry in my spirit. And we can get dry in our spirit. And one of the things we're going to do in just a second is I'm going to open up these altars just for us to receive and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to have an opportunity. And if, and if you have been and you just want to be refilled, which should be the right attitude and mindset, man, let's do it today. Let's leave here different than we walked in. And so they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, I just want to take a second here. You know, the whole concept of tongues. What is it about? Is it about today? Is it not about today? Let me just tell you where we stand. I want you to speak in tongues. It's that simple. Paul made it very clear. He says, I want all people to speak in tongues, right? I can't force you to speak in tongues. I can't fill you with this Spirit. I can't give you the gift of speaking in tongues. But as a part of your pastoral staff, I want to create an atmosphere and cultivate in you a heart to desire every single spiritual gift. And I know for me personally, speaking in tongues has been such a great gift that God has given me in moments of weakness, in moments of trial. This morning, as I was preparing for this message, I never prepare for a message without speaking in tongues. I don't think my pastor or, or our pastor or, or myself, we, we always pray in, our, in his office before service and sometimes even between services. And we will typically, at some point, we'll be speaking in tongues. Just that is, the, that is our heavenly prayer language. We both have been gifted with it. God has given it to us. And I believe that God wants to give it to you too. Now the question is, is uh, so what is he? Does he like force your mouth to flap and all that stuff? And I think that that's really not that important. Um, but I'll just say this. If you notice in the text here, it says they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, He will enable you, but you still choose to speak. It didn't say they flapped His mouth and walked around and blah, blah, blah. As a, no, it said they spoke. And that's typically what happens. I know for me personally, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I found myself with one type of syllable, just saying da-da-da-da, something like that. And as the Spirit enabled me, I, by faith, the same faith that I, I chose Jesus with, the same, chase, the same faith that I choose to walk, uh, uh, walk through my job with, the same faith I choose to walk in, 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 in my life, that same faith I chose to speak in tongues as I felt like the Spirit was enabling me. And I believe that the Spirit wants to enable you to do that same thing today. So now there were, let's go to verse 5. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, the crowds came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. That is crazy. Oh, there's so much I can unpack here, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to do it. Just read your Bible extensively. You'll get it. Uh, Verse 7. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? I just have to stop just for this first service. I love you too much. There's there's a concept that, uh, that when the law was given to Moses in Exodus at Mount Sinai, there's a Jewish myth. Now, this isn't like Bible text. It's just there's a Jewish myth that it was translated into 70 nations or 70 different t- tongues so that all would know that this law is for all. And that just blows my mind because we see all these different languages here. And so if that made sense, I just wanted somebody to, 
to at least uh, uh, be, think about that because that, that just blew my mind, the concept of that. Uh, and so, uh, verse 8, then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonder of God in our own tongues. This is crazy. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? And then they decided, you know what, let's just make fun of it. Verse 13, some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. And, of course, we know they're fasting right now. There's no way they were drinking too much wine. They were actually making a pun at them, like, oh, yeah, they're really drunk. And we'll see next week when we look at the book of Acts chapter 4, or part 4, we're going to look at Peter's response to them saying, hey, I think you guys are drunk. But let me just answer this question and then we're done. Um, Why were they so excited? Because when you look across Christianity kind of as a whole, many people when they approach the subject of being filled with the Spirit, of, of the Spirit of God being poured out, many are not excited. But I don't know how you don't read this and get extremely excited. Now let me explain just a little bit very quickly Pentecost. Pentecost is the 50th day after Christ's resurrection. But that's not it. It also represented the third most celebrated calendar, which is the Feast of Harvest in Jewish tradition. Do you know what the Feast of Harvest was? You've got to get this. The Feast of Harvest is where they would come and celebrate. They would bring their best crops, and they would lay them down, and they would have this celebration, and they would celebrate the harvest that God was about to bring. These Jews knew that. We don't know that, but they knew that. They're going, oh my gosh, if there was ever a day for the Spirit of God to be poured out on all flesh, are you telling me it's at the Feast of Harvest? Like, is this ever not the most clear thing we could ever understand? You know what? Let me just break it down. This is what Jesus is saying. The harvest is now here. And the Spirit of God in the Old Testament only came at different epochs, different moments in time. And then He would come out. Not only that, in the Old Testament, He would only come on like the really high people, like the high priest, the high prophets, some of the kings might get it, and they were always empowered for mission. But now the Spirit of God came down and rested on them and stayed. And so what does that mean? This text changes everything for us. This, this text, you know what this means? The Spirit of God is now available today to everybody. They are flipping out at this because they expect the Spirit of God to hover and go back away just as He did in the Old Testament. But Jesus, which John prophesied that He would baptize with what? With fire, right? That, that, that there is not just a water baptism, but now there's going to be a fire. And it's not just a fire to contain you. It's a fire to fan into flame the harvest on the day of Pentecost. So when we say, Amen. Ah! <laughs> I'm so fired up about this. So when we say we're Pentecostal, I hate the fact that it seems like it's all about speaking in tongues. That's great. And let's pray for it. And let's believe in it. And I pray that you speak in tongues today, maybe for the first time, and experience God in such an intimate way. But we should be most about mission. It's about the harvest. It's about God filling you to change your world. Can you hear me that, Rake, just one more time? And I felt last night I prayed around this building. And I was thinking, there are thousands of names that are outside on these walls. Here's my question as we close. 
Are you reaching those loved ones with a rake? Are you reaching them with power? Let's do what they did in the book of Acts. Let's start today and open up our hearts and say, God, fill me with your presence. And Peter gets up, and Pastor will talk about it next time we're in this series. But I just have to just give this one thing. Peter gets up and he says, this promise is for you. It's for your children. It's for for everybody. If you're here and you're a believer in Jesus, and you're hungry for God, you qualify to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The filling of God to do the mission that God's called us to. And I believe in every single person in here. I believe that God cares about every single person in here. And he, he, he doesn't just care about you, but he cares about those that he's called you to reach so much that he has a gift for you today. It's called the Holy Spirit to fill you today. Would you stand to your feet all across this place? I'm going to pray. And my ministry leaders and deacons, if you're in the room, I would like you to be prepared to pray with people. And I'm going to ask you to respond today. Um, not, not, just, uh, not just maybe just with a just uh, by being in your seat, but I'm going to ask you to get outside of your seat. If you're hungry for God, in just a second, I'm going to pray. And when I say amen, these altars are open. And let's ask the Spirit of God to fill us fresh today. Now, let me be clear. The Spirit of God is not a force. He's a person that we receive. And so you say, well, man, what, what you know, how, how do I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? How do I receive the Holy Spirit? Um, honestly, I couldn't tell you a perfect formula, but I can tell you what seems to be a normative pattern to help in the process. It's hunger, openness, faith, worship, and God just seems to breathe. I know that's how it happened with me. And so let's, I pray that every person in the room responds. I want to pray today, and uh, let's respond. And I want you to, however you can, just get out, if you want to receive the, whole, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you just want more of the filling of God, get out of your seat somewhere or somehow. I know not everybody can make it here, but it's about just getting out of where you are and just stepping out to something else. And we're going we're gonna to pray over as many people as possible. And the worship team is going to fan this up. And we're just going to ask God to breathe upon us today. Let me pray and then let's respond today. Father, I thank you, God, for every person in the room. And we thank you that the Spirit of God is here today for us. And so, Spirit of God, we ask you to fan into flame the gift that every individual has in this place. And Lord, I pray for spiritual gifts to be released in this room this morning. I pray for gifts of prophecy. I pray for gifts of tongues. God, I pray that, God, you would give gifts of healing. Lord, I pray that, most importantly, you would empower us for mission, that we would experience your goodness. And Lord, I pray if anybody be thinking about not responding to this altar, God, I pray right now, by your love and by your mission, God, you would challenge them, encourage them in their heart to respond to you so that they will receive the filling of the Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Go ahead and come to this front if you want to receive the filling of the Spirit of God.